We started a series a couple weeks ago on the fruit of the Spirit, and we talked about love. Today, we're talking about joy. Hence, the almond joys. <clears throat> um, I'm going to open with John 15, 11. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing us into this place today. God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your joy, and we thank you for the fruit of the spirit that is able to blossom in each and every one of our lives. God, I ask that you help us to bring our minds into captivity just here for a couple minutes to stay focused. When we go through your word, Lord, that each and every one of us would be able to glean something, to learn something from your word today that we can apply to our lives that would change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Galatians 5, 22 through 24 is where you find the fruit of the Spirit. And it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Fruit is what you bear when you have the Spirit in you. An apple tree bears apples because that's what kind of tree it is. An orange tree bears oranges because that's what kind of tree it is. A banana tree has bananas, but a palm tree does not have palms. It's coconuts. And a spiritual person will bear the fruit of the Spirit because that is what's in them. You can recognize somebody by the fruit that they're bearing. The fruit of the Spirit is a reflection of the Spirit. The reason why these attributes are reflected in somebody who has the Holy Ghost is because these are attributes of God. God is love. And when you have the Holy Ghost working inside of you, you feel his love, but not only do you feel his love, you demonstrate his love to those around you. God is joy. When you have God, you feel joy. You have joy, and you can demonstrate that joy to those that are around you. God is peace. When you have the Holy Ghost, you have peace. And you can demonstrate the peace that you have in a chaotic, topsy-turvy world. God is long-suffering or patient. And when you have God, it gives you some kind of supernatural patience to put up with people around you. You can be patient, and people can recognize that patience. And through you bearing the fruits, you become a witness to the people around you. These are attributes that every single person wants. 
People want to have love. People want to feel loved. People want joy. They want to feel that joy. People are needing peace. We live in a chaotic world. Everybody's got problems, and they need to find that peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. People don't have faith in almost anything or anyone anymore. This is what the world needs. And when you're bearing these fruits, when you are in submission and subjection to the Holy Ghost and letting the Holy Ghost work inside of you, this is a byproduct that gets reflected out. What is joy? According to the dictionary, it's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. The Strong's Concordance Strong's Dictionary defines joy simply as gladness. Joy is deep. Happiness is more superficial. Happiness is knowing that you might get to see your best friend, but joy is when you have a best friend. Happiness might be that feeling of someone giving you free food. Joy is knowing that you have food. Happiness is eating a donut, but joy is sticking to your diet. Happiness can be lost with bad news. Joy is knowing it's all going to be okay in the end. Happiness is the feeling you have immediately after dedicating or rededicating your life to God in a church service. But joy is what you feel as you go forward living that holy life. These aspects of the fruit are very similar. There's many crossover between them. And as I go through them, I will probably use many scriptures and probably use some of these words interchangeably. Because part of feeling joy is feeling peace. Part of feeling joy is having love and feeling that love. John 10.10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. God's plan is for us to have happy, joyful, abundant life. At the core of joy is accepting things, not controlling things. There's a lot of things in this life that we don't have control over. But we may not always know why things happen, but we know that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. End of story. We have a God that wishes the best for each and every one of us, that has our best interest in mind. And that doesn't mean that he always gives us what we want. It doesn't mean that, that life always plays out exactly the way we would like to see it. But we can put our faith in the creator of the universe. Amen. That he has our best interest in mind. Yes. And we can then make that decision to accept what is happening when life doesn't go our way and have joy. Matthew 11, 4 through 6. <clears throat> As this, in the beginning of this chapter, there was some disciples of John that came to Jesus 
and said, John is asking if you are the one that was prophesied of or if we're waiting for another. And rather than Jesus just saying, oh yeah, that's me, Jesus says, go and show John or go, go and share with John or tell John, describe to John the things which you hear and see. Blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Those are just a few attributes or a few things that Jesus did when he was here on earth. He was giving the blind some sight, helping the lame to walk, cleansing the lepers, giving hearing to the deaf, and the dead were raised up, and the poor were having the gospel preached to them. God can solve the problems of the universe. Except for free will, I guess. That really plays into a lot of problems of the universe. It's us doing our own thing. At the root of most problems is man's self-centeredness and selfishness. He is our healer and our provider even when we don't see it. I had gone through a series not too long ago on the attributes of God. And, and, and the point that I pulled out of that series was that God is still king of the universe, he's still a healer, still a provider, even when he's not doing it for us, even when we don't see it, even when, even when life seems to be going a little rough. That doesn't change who God is. I think I've told, I know I've told this story before, but I had been unemployed for two and a half months, barely scraping by, finally get a job, finally get a paycheck, and my car breaks down. And I'm sitting there in my car crying, oh, God, why? <laughs> Just when I think I'm getting some stability back. And then I realized that my car could have broke down any of that time that I was unemployed. But God had provided for me during that time. We can look at some situation, why do bad things happen? But that takes our focus away from what God is really doing. I was at a funeral yesterday, and when you go to an apostolic funeral, there's usually not a lot of crying. It's the nature of the funeral. And we sang a handful of different worship songs, and I saw such joy in the family of the, of the individual that had passed away, because they weren't focused on this temporary problem, but they recognized not just that Brother Lear had passed on into, into his heavenly reward, but they had the Holy Ghost. They had the joy of the Lord in their heart that the trials and the tribulations of this world could not shake that. In James 1, 2 through 4, it says, My brethren, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That temptations there is more of just a trying of your faith, a testing of your faith. Something that, that, uh, that, that causes you to reevaluate your faith. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Through those difficult times, it teaches us what's really 
important. So, but let patience have our perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, the word uses the Bible uses the word wanting in place of needing. So, this doesn't mean that you're never going to have any wants, but this does mean that you're going to be focused on the things that are important. <clears throat> Something that I identified when reading this passage was that this was the very beginning of the book of James. The first thing that James says in his letter, in his epistle, is count it all joy when life isn't going right, knowing that when you have trials and tribulations, it worketh your patience, it makes you stronger. What doesn't, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that by growing through it, it is going to give you the strength to continue persevering through life. doesn't mean you're going to become a millionaire. doesn't mean you're going to get everything your heart desires. But what it does mean is that your priorities are going to be refocused and realigned to appreciate the things that are important. I had an individual complaining to me one time because his wife had to go for surgery. And he's like, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills without her income because she's going to have to take two weeks off of work. This individual is making over $100,000 a year trying to figure out how he's going to pay for his brand new pickup truck, his boat, and his house. But in that trial, it caused him to refocus. It's a little short, maybe been a little longer, it would have focused a little bit more. But, but it causes you to reevaluate what's really important in life when you start losing things. When you start not having enough to get everything you want, you have to start prioritizing. There is no greater joy than walking in the way that God wants you to walk. John 15, 10 through 11 says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, that your joy might be full. Church, there's no greater joy than aligning ourselves with God. Joy is a decision. Let's all stand. Music once can come. Joy is a decision to accept things and to trust God no matter what. So that's the active part of it. But the passive process of joy is by us aligning ourselves with God. It sets us on a trajectory of feeling the joy of the Holy Ghost. By us following the leading of the Holy Ghost and not separating ourselves from God, we have the joy of the Holy Ghost in our lives. He says, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you. So these things talking about keeping the commandments. Keeping his commandments have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This world offers us a lot of pleasures. But those pleasures are so temporary. We're not looking for something temporary. We're looking for something to sustain us. A snack might taste good, but then you're hungry again. Sometimes you just got to eat some steak and some vegetables. Nehemiah 8, 9 through 12. 
says, in Nehemiah, which is the church, and Ezra the priest and the scribes, and the Levites had taught the people and said to the people, this day is holy unto the Lord your God, mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites stilled the people, saying, Hold your peace, for this day is holy, neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and to drink and send portions and to make great mirth, because they had understood the words which were declared unto them. The joy of the Lord is our strength. When you've got the joy of the Lord as your backbone, when you're feeling weak, you can rely on God. When we can accept the things that we can't change, when we learn to accept and work with the things that we can't fix and just trust God that he's going to take care of it, we can have the joy of the Lord as our strength. If you want some true joy in your life today, I want to invite you to come down to these altars and pray. Take that step of faith. Recommit everything to God. Not my will, Lord, but thy will. Give him every part of who you are. If there's anything that you've held back from him, this is the day and this is the time to lay it down again. If there's anything you've given him that you've taken back again, this is the time to recommit that back to God. Say, God, I'm not doing it my way. God, I'm not doing the things that I want to do. But Lord, I want to do the things that you want me to do because I want your joy in my life. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You ever feel like you're laboring, you're heavy laden, you're broken down? When you come to God, he can give you that rest. But he doesn't just give you the rest. Instead, he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's talking about the yoke and the burden that you might be pulling. You know, if you've got a yoke of oxen, that instead of you carrying your burdens, that you take on his burdens. Because the burden of Christ is much easier to carry than the burdens of this world. Let's pray. Lord, I don't want to do things my way anymore. Lord, guide my steps, Lord. Lord, I come to you in total submission and humility and consecration. God, that you would be at the center of my life. That you would be at the center of every decision that I make. God, I want your true joy working in my life. God, help me to accept the things that I can't change. Help me to accept your will. Help me to accept to do it your way, God, that I'm not here serving myself, but that everything that I do is in service to you. These altars are open if you want to come down front and pray.